crowd, what a crowd. Get those people over here, see if you can get. Come on, let them come over. What is that big crowd? It's always big. We want to win, we got to win. We want to save our country from the radical left, radical left crazies. Thank you very much. And hello, North Carolina. Hello, North Carolina. We love you, North Carolina. I'm thrilled to be in Fayetteville with thousands of loyal, hardworking American patriots. And you know what's going to happen in 45 days from now. And you're watching those polls, they go up, 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 up. 45 days from now, we're going to win North Carolina. We're going to win four more years in the White House. Right? As we meet tonight, our nation mourns the loss of a legal giant, Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Her landmark rulings, fierce devotion to justice, and her courageous battle against cancer inspire all Americans. You may agree, you may not disagree with her, but she was an inspiration to a tremendous number of people. I say all Americans. <laughs> Justice Ginsburg's close relationship with a friend of ours, a friend of mine, Justice Scalia, is also a powerful reminder that we can disagree on fundamental issues while treating each other with decency, dignity, and respect. Our thoughts and prayers are with her family. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. So Article 2 of our Constitution says the President shall nominate justices of the Supreme Court. I don't think it can be any more clear, can it? I don't think so. I don't think so. What do you think, Tom? Tom Tillis? I don't think it can be any more clear. <laughs> this can only happen in North Carolina. Uh, I hope you hear that back home. Look at all that press. That's a lot of press. That's a lot of fake news. A lot of fake news. Well, I hope they hear. So the chant, this is a new one. Fill that seat. This is the chant. This can only happen to me. Fill that seat. No, it says the President is supposed to fill the seat, right? And that's what we're going to do. We're going to fill the seat. I love that chant. We hear more chants. There's a lot of genius in those chants, I have to tell you. You said it better than you can say it. You can read a speech. But what's better than those words? Fill that seat. You know what you do? You come up, you say, fill that seat. You leave, and you've said everything. You don't have to vote. There have been 29 times a vacancy open during an election year or prior to an inauguration. 29 times, that's a lot. Every single time, the sitting president made a nomination that included — did you ever hear of George Washington? Did you ever hear of Thomas Jefferson? Or how about the great Abraham Lincoln, when he wore the hat especially? With a great hat, I want to try one of those hats. I love that.
Now think of it. 29 times, every single time, nobody said, oh, let's not fill the seat. We won the election. Now then we have some senators that, you know, they want to forget it. We Think of it. I won't say it. I won't say it, Susan. I won't say it, Susan. But Tom Tillis is with us, I can tell you that, right? Great. We have great Republican senators. We have great people. And we have a great country. That's really — we have a great country. And we're going to keep it that way. So we win an election, and those are the consequences. You know, it's called fill that seat, and that's what we're doing. The Supreme Court was a very central issue in both the 2016 presidential election and then the 2018 midterm elections, where, by the way, I didn't run. You know, we had a lot of people a lot of people said, oh, he really took a little bit of a schlock, and not nearly as bad as others. In fact, we gained seats in the Senate, but they never talk about that, right? They don't talk about that. We gained two seats. Nobody talked about it. But we didn't run. And I had a lot of people that said, sir, we'll never vote in 2018. I said, no, no, vote. Everybody vote. They just didn't. I think we were like 9 million people decided they wanted to wait. And they've waited. And you see what's going on. You see what's happening. You see the enthusiasm that we have, which, by the way, we set a record in 2016. Uh, the bad news for the Democrats is we are more enthusiastic now, not even close, than we were in 2016. I mean, we are getting crowds. And this is pandemic, and we're rounding the turn. We're rounding the corner of the pandemic, okay? But we're having them outside. And we shouldn't say this is some kind of a rally. From now on, it's called a protest. We are protesting. You know, we're going to call we're going to call all our rallies that because you know if you have you see a lot of these uh, let's call them blue states. We want to be nice. We're going to call it a protest against stupidity. So we are going to have protest against stupidity. Because, you know, uh, a lot of the people, like in Michigan and other places, we love Michigan, but the governor's got them shut down. I hate to say it, your governor's got you shut down. It doesn't look it here, but... Uh, your governor has got you shut down. I don't know. You, you're not breaking a law by being here. Otherwise, if you are, if you are, we'll have to do something about that, because... No, this is a hell of a shutdown. I think your governor has to let this state open up. Gonna let this state open up. And Pennsylvania, look what they're doing in Pennsylvania, a great state. We're, that's actually something very special is going to happen here in Pennsylvania. That's a commonwealth. We always have to remember Pennsylvania Commonwealth. Got two of them, and you better remember you get in trouble. But we love Pennsylvania, and it's uh, shut down. The governor's got it just shut down nice and tight. And you know what? On November 4th, it's going to be opened up. It's going to be opened up. Because they're trying to hurt our numbers, but our economic numbers are so good. They're staggering. They're the best we've ever had. Jobs, retail, stock market, everything. And this is with a lot of shutdowns by Democrats. That's all they're doing. On November 4th, they'll announce, we've decided to open up. One of the teachers' uh, groups 
said, actually, one of the unions and one of the politicians in California said, no, uh, we're not going to do it. We need to do it. We should be open by uh, November 4th. That was not a good thing for them to say. That person, I think, was fired. I think was fired. In both the 2016 and the 2018 elections, the American people chose a president and a Senate majority, united in their commitment to selecting nominees who believe in applying the Constitution as written, right? Both the White House and the Senate majority have a moral duty to fulfill the promises they made to the voters. And that is exactly what we're going to do. We said that if for any reason we have a vacancy on the United States Supreme Court, we will fill that vacancy. We're not going to say — and by the way, we have plenty of time. There's a lot of time. You know, you're talking about — you're talking about January 20th, right? So we will uphold equal justice under the law for citizens of every race, color, religion, and creed. I will be putting forth a nominee next week. It will be a woman. It will be a woman, unless — wait. Okay, let's do a poll. Oh, there they are. How many of these have you come to? Speaking of women, how many of the — what is this? Number one? Like 90? They're great. North Carolina, though, right? I see them all over the place. They're great. I hope your husbands are okay with it. Are they okay? They're okay. You have good husbands. But we're going to do a vote, okay? So I said, you know, I love these free polls because pollsters — and, you know, most of the pollsters are corrupt, as far as I'm concerned. If we believed in pollsters, we wouldn't be here right now. But we're actually getting very good. We just had a 53 from Rasmussen, which is very good. Considering we won uh, four years ago with a lot lower than 53. History has shown that when you're at 53, you can't lose an election. Has anyone ever lost an election with a 53? The answer is yes, when the other side cheats. That could happen. That could happen. That could happen. You saw what happened in Pennsylvania. Right? Some state Supreme Court justice just ruled that they can take as long as they want to count the ballots. That means I'll be leading and winning Pennsylvania like we did last time. Yeah. Yeah. We'll be leading. We'll be winning Pennsylvania. We're going to win it easy. We're going to win your state easily. You know, I just came off the plane with, by the way, our great chief of staff, Mark Meadows. Did anybody ever hear of Mark And Deb, what a great — she's doing such a good job. But, you know, Mark, just a few months ago, I've been trying to get him for three years to leave, and we have a great person running, as you know. Uh, really, I mean, really great. Does everyone know Madison? Yes? You're going to vote for Madison? He's great. He's a great guy. But Mark had a beautiful head of black hair, and I just noticed that hair's turning white very fast. But we're doing a job. You know, we're very close to a great deal with TikTok. TikTok. But nobody cares about that anymore. All they care about is fill that seat, right?
That's all I can. Until about uh, 24 hours ago, that's all they talked about is tick-tock, tick-tock. But we have a deal worked out, I think, with Walmart is going to buy it, along with Oracle, Larry Ellison. Uh, it's going to be an incredible combination. And I said, you know, do me a favor, could you put up $5 billion into a fund for education so we can educate people as to real history of our country, the real history, not the fake history. Because we're getting very close to that deal, and uh, all of the technology will be maintained here. They're going to move probably to the great state of Texas. Sorry, we've got you a lot of business, but I couldn't. But they're going to move into the United States, which is what's important. They're going to move it to the United States. Unbelievable company. They're going to have 25,000 jobs. If it all goes, I gave them the preliminary approval. But they're putting up $5 billion. And my only problem is they did it so fast, I should have asked for more. You know, what happened is when I suggested they should put up a lot of money, everybody said, senators, congressmen, women, everybody, they said, you can't do that. That's never been done. That's the problem. Nothing's ever been done. And we had other companies. A lot of people wanted it. And I said, you got to put up $5 billion, either to the Treasury of the United States, maybe, or into some education fund or do something. And they were sort of agreeing with me. They thought it was okay. And then I went to the legal eagles here, and I said, they're going to put up $5 million, give it to the United States. Sir, you can't do that. There's no provision. I said, how the hell can there be no provision? We're making the deal possible. Why can't they give us $5 billion? That's a B with a — that's a lot of money, right? <laughs> now, watch the crazy Democrats. They'll go, they should have gotten more money, right? It's never been done before. They should have — no matter what you do, they should have gotten more. Schumer and Nancy Pelosi, crazy Nancy. But I'll tell you, and I said it last night, we had a great rally last night. You saw that, right? In a place that we're going to win. We're going to win. Minnesota hasn't been won since 1972. And they're all saying, well, we did give them back the big iron ore range. It was Obama took it away with the stroke of a pen. He put everybody out of work. We gave it back. But I'll tell you what, uh, we're going to have a victory on November 3rd the likes of which you've never seen. Now, we're counting on the federal court system to make it so that we can actually have an evening where we know who wins, okay? Not where the votes are going to be counted a week later or two weeks later. But in just three and a half years under my administration, we've secured America's borders, rebuilt the awesome power of the U.S. military. Think of that. And I shouldn't say this, and the fake news keeps going, oh, he's given away classified information. No, I'm not. We are building, and we have built, weapons the likes of which this world has never seen before. And I said that a week ago, and it was a headline in one of these fake newspapers where he's given away confidential information. These people are crazy. No, no. I'm just telling you that President Putin and President Xi of China, Russia, China, North Korea, everybody, uh, they are so envious of what we're doing.
They can't even believe it. If they know, they perhaps don't know. You know, under Obama, they knew immediately, okay? <laughs> under uh, us, but we have uh, — we are building weapons all made in the USA. The likes of which no country has ever seen before, and hope to God we never have to use them. That's the key. I don't ever want to use them. Remember, I was supposed to be a guy that was going to get us into a war in the first week. Remember that? Where's the war? We're taking them out of Afghanistan. We're almost finished with that. Working along well there. We're taking them out of Syria, other than I left some behind for the oil. We kept the oil. Is it okay that we kept the oil? Is it okay we kept the oil? Let's go back to my poll. Ready? So, we're putting — I think it should be a woman, because I actually like women much more than I like men, I have to say. No, I do. I do. I like women more. So I have to make a decision to fill the seat, as we say. We should have a new campaign. Let's make a T-shirt, fill the seat, okay? Watch. My people are so good. Tomorrow, it'll be all over the place, fill the seat. That's a good idea. That's a good — that's a good idea. Fill the seat. Okay, watch. They're so good. Tomorrow, you see them all over the place, fill the seat. I don't know how the hell they do it, but they get it done fast. Remember, I said, where's Hunter? Where's Hunter? The next day, it was like one of the biggest selling T-shirts. Where is Hunter? What the hell ever happened? He took the money and he ran, I think. Where's Hunter? He took the money. He went to China. He took $1.5 He had no experience. He didn't have a job until this guy became vice president. Then he went to China, got $1.5 billion dollars. I asked the head of a great company, Blackstone, one of the biggest in the world. I said, Steve, let me ask you a question. Is that possible? No, that never is never done. China doesn't do that. Well, how did a guy with no experience do this? He said, very simple. His father's vice president. Is that what you want? And then — and then Ukraine, $183,000 a month and a $3 million upfront payment for him and his friends. Think of this with no experience and no job. And they said, do you know energy? It's an energy company that paid it. Do you know energy? No, I don't. I'm uh, no, not familiar with the subject, right? Our great congressman, right? How the hell did this happen? Uh, I think it'll be brought up in the debate, I think. Where is Hunter? Where is Hunter? You know where Hunter is? He's probably on the Riviera having a very good time. He's given some great energy advice. He's learning. He's taking a night class on energy for 180 minutes. Where is Hunter? Corrupt. Remember Joe with the prosecutor? One billion dollars. I'm not giving it to him until they get those prosecutors away from my uh, my son or whatever the hell he said, that crazy company over in Ukraine. One billion dollars. I'm not giving it. You get them out. And guess what? They got them out. Here's your billion dollars. Now, that's called quid pro quo, right? That's the real deal. With us, there was not. They made it up. Remember when Schiff made the phony speech? Eight times he said the same thing, except that's not what happened. Fortunately, we had those wonderful people that write every perfect word, every word. Oh, I'm glad we had them, because we're dealing with a bunch of thieving bad people. So women and men, ready? 
Would you rather have a woman on the Supreme Court or would you rather have a man? Ready? A woman or a man. So, would you rather have me choose? This is a very scientific poll. Actually, it's a lot more accurate than these polls that interview like 97 people have been interviewed. Then, you know, they charge you a million dollars and they probably don't interview the people. They sit behind their desk and just uh, Would you rather have a woman on the Supreme Court? Yes, woman, yes. Tom Tillis says yes. So would you rather have a woman or would you rather have a man on the Supreme Court? What's going on? Let's give it one more quick chance. This is a free poll. This poll, and this is a lot of people. This is tens of thousands of people. This is a lot of people. You know, the fake news, they'll say, he had a smattering of people. You know, there was a, if Bernie Sanders had a crowd, oh, he had a massive crowd. It was so big. With me, my crowds are five times bigger than Bernie's. And they'll say, he had a smattering of people. There were people. They were in the middle of an airport that nobody ever heard of, right? Here we are. Thousands. If they, if those people, come on, bring them over. What the hell, at this point, might as well let them come on over. Come on over. You got thousands of people behind these people. I would imagine the sight lines aren't too good. You have stands in front. Okay, so one more time. Who would rather have a man on the Supreme Court? Well, you, you, the man, it's... Who would rather have a woman on the Supreme Court? Now, tomorrow, like fake news, CNN, he was playing games with the United States. It is a terrible thing he's done. No, I'm just taking a poll, please. And by the way, that's a very accurate poll, because that's the way I feel. It will be a woman, a very talented, very brilliant woman. Who I haven't chosen yet, but we have numerous women on the list. I built this incredible list of brilliant people. And uh, we're asking for Biden's list. He can't give it. You know why? Because if he ever gave a list, he'd either put somebody in the left middle, which would be okay, you could get votes, or he'd put one, somebody, which is what he's going to choose, so far left. Now, if he did the left middle, he loses his entire left coast, right? And if he loses the left coast, that's the end of his election. And last time, remember how many people I got from Bernie because of trade? A lot of the Bernie people vote for us because Bernie's right about one thing, trade. But Bernie took a bad defeat, didn't he? It was a bad loss. He's one of the most gracious losers I've ever seen. He is. All Elizabeth Warren Pocahontas had to do is leave. If she left before Super Tuesday, Bernie would have won every one of those states. But they split up that vote. That's too bad, but we have uh, Sleepy Joe. We'll see how that works out. I think it's working out pretty good. You know, we were winning so much, we didn't even have, we could have called off the election. We were winning by so much. And then the plague came in from China, and in many ways I had to go back to work, but I had to go back to work on this one too. And now we're going up and up and up, and we're winning, and we're winning all over the place. Because I happen to think, and I just say what I want, and you know, they make up a lot of false stories. They will make up a lie, like what I said about military. Can you imagine? No animal would say that. 
They make it up and then they put it in ads. So once they did that, the only good thing is I can say, I said, now I can say anything. He is the worst candidate, the dumbest of all candidates. But he was dumb in primetime, as told to me by a senator from long ago. He said, who's the dumbest in the Senate? Who's the smartest in the Senate? The smartest is, I won't tell you, but the dumbest is Joe. I said, who's Joe? He said, Joe Biden. That was 25 years ago. That was in primetime. He is the worst candidate in the history of presidential politics. If I lose to him, I don't know what I'm going to do. I will never speak to you again. You'll never see me again. No, how do you lose? He is, honestly, Jeff, I go up and these guys are grilling me all the time. Stephanopoulos, grill, grill. It's okay. It's all right. It's okay. I think it came out very well. It's always, it comes out well. You have to be able to answer. They're, they're very weak compared to some of the foreign people that we deal with from foreign countries and leaders of foreign countries. But I say, he's always using a teleprompter. I don't care if he uses a teleprompter. You know what bothers me? That means the fake news is giving him the questions. Because they're giving him, so that's what really, they never gave me the questions. If I ever said, I want, in fact, I'm going to say it now. I want from now on you to give me the questions before you ask me. And I'm going to read the questions off the teleprompter. And the, the questions are so easy. Did you see Anderson Cooper? He's a nice guy. He's interviewed me over the years a lot. But he's a tough interviewer. Did you see those softballs? What do you think? Uh, Donald Trump is a very bad human being. Do you agree with that? Yes, I do, Anderson. <laughs> now, I've never seen softballs, and actually, they're getting hit by it. They're getting hit by it. It's just a terrible thing. I mean, uh, you know, this is a guy, I used to call him 1% Joe because he ran numerous times and he could only get 1%. In fact, he actually had 1% with an arrow pointing left. That means less than now he's shot. He's, like, got half of his head left, and, and he's out. Think of it. He's totally shot, and he ends up getting the nomination. He couldn't get it in prime time. What the hell is going on with the world today? What's going on? What's going on with the world, Mark Meadows? Unbelievable Meadows. Oh, boy. He's a smart guy, Meadows. Great, great guy. North Carolina. In just three and a half years, we obliterated the ISIS caliphate. Remember when I had it down to 99%? They said, you got to finish it. I said, let somebody else finish it. And we went and we finished it. We fixed our disastrous trade deals, which we have. China is now paying us billions and billions of dollars. But, you know, I view it differently now. I view China much differently now. After the plague came in, I view it differently. And we brought your jobs back home to North Carolina and our country. In three years of President Trump, real median household income rose by almost $7,000. Now, think of that. Three years. Three years, right? Achieving the highest median income in the history of our country. This is in three years. Under 16 years of President's Barack Hussein Obama. Ladies and gentlemen, as President Barack Hussein Obama. Or is Rush Limbaugh the great How great is Rush? Do we love Rush? As Rush Limbaugh would say, 
Barack Hussein Obama. Huh? You ever hear Rush? Barack Hussein Obama. Rush is great. He's doing well, too. He's great. He's a tough guy. We love Rush. We love you, Rush. He watches every one of these shows. You know, he supported me when I came down with our great first lady. I came down the escalator. I made a speech. I didn't even have a speech right. I had to wing it. The winging speeches are the best ones, like last night. But Rush said, I like that guy. I never heard that before. I never heard. We're going to build a wall. We're going to have secure borders. We're going to make new trade deals that are, like, sane. We're going to do all the things. We're going to rebuild our military. We're going to have a strong country again. We did so many things. And Rush heard this. I didn't know Rush. I mean, maybe I met him once, twice, for two seconds. And he became an instant fan of Trump. And he was for a long time before I even got to know him. And he's been so important. You know, he's the king. 39 million listeners. There's nobody like him. Try sitting down for, what is it, three hours, and talking, just talking with everyone, like 39 million people, often. Try sitting. We love Rush. I love Rush, too. But listen, try sitting down with a radio show with millions and millions of people listening and talk for three hours without phone calls. You know, phone calls are easy. Hey, what do you think of this? What do you th Just talk. Talk. And everybody finds it fascinating. And it is fascinating. I wish I had time to listen more often. It's a little tough as president. But everybody finds it fascinating. And we gave Rush because he's such an important person and done such an incredible job. The Presidential Medal of Freedom in Congress. And Catherine, his wife, is great. What a couple. What a great. But Rush has been unbelievable. He's so on our side. And he was from literally day one, right from the beginning. And we don't have to mention Sean and Laura and so many others. We don't have to mention Lou, the great Lou Dobbs, right? I mean, Lou Dobbs said, you know, Lou started years ago, and he liked us from the beginning. He said, Donald Trump is, is going to be a very good president. Okay, that was the first little time. Then he went, Donald Trump, yeah, Donald Trump. I love Donald Trump, but he's the best since Ronald Reagan. Then he went, Donald Trump is an even better president than Ronald Reagan. So that was about a year and a half into it. Then the great Lou Dobbs said, Donald Trump may be the greatest of all time, greatest of all time. And then somebody said, could I ask you, Lou, when you say the greatest, does that include Abraham Lincoln and George Washington? He said, absolutely. He's now the greatest of all time. So we love Lou Dobbs. Lou Dobbs is great. Go out and buy his book. His book is great. But we have great support. We have great support. Tucker's been very good lately. I have to tell you, Tucker. Tucker's been very good. Tucker Carlson, he's come a long way. He's actually, uh, you know, the whole thing with uh, faking around with our whole history. He's very strong in that. We took care of that very powerfully, very powerfully. We signed an executive order. We fired a lot of people that were talking about cancel culture and a lot of fake stuff, that were getting paid a lot of money, that were here for a long time. Under 16 years of Presidents Obama and Bush, the median income only rose $2,900. Now, think of that. So three years, it went up 7000 16 years, it went up less than 3000 I'd say that's a big difference. And that's not including energy, because look what you're paying for your gasoline now, right? 
Remember those days? Remember those days of $5? You said, let's get rid of that big truck. Let's get — now you're all buying bigger trucks than they ever thought possible. Because — you know why? Because gasoline is so damn cheap. Right? Remember the $5 days? Now you're at below $2 a lot, right? Below 2 I mean, they're seeing numbers that nobody believes. It's all good stuff. And we're energy independent. So many things have happened. If you add four or $5,000, so you're talking about by $11,000, you got to add the energy. I said to my people, put the energy in. Well, I don't know if it's right. I said, do me a favor, just put it in, okay? In my first three years, we lifted 6.6 .6 million people out of poverty, the largest poverty reduction of any president in American history. We built the greatest economy in the history of the world. And now we're doing it again, and we're doing it very rapidly. This is a Super V. You know, they said, oh, I don't know. V is going to be very hard. No, this is a Super V. We will deliver a safe and effective vaccine this year. It's already in very good shape, very, very good shape, in a matter of weeks. We will end the pandemic from China. We will end our, our plague from China next year will be one of the greatest years in the history of our country. It's heading that way. You saw it. If you take a look, automobile manufacturing, housing, retailing, they're all setting records. They're through the roof. Hard to believe, actually. During the rounding the corner, when I say rounding the corner, they go crazy. They want to keep it going as long as possible. If you say anything positive, they say, he's not telling the truth to the American public. I am actually telling the truth. You know, these people, they talked about — because I said, well, Winston Churchill was a great leader. They said the other night, you said Winston Churchill was a great leader. But he didn't lie, because this, this guy, uh, Woodward, right? He writes a book. He's had it. He's another one shot. I compare him sort of to Biden. He's sharper than Biden, I have to say that. But he's shot. He's tired. He's exhausted. I never saw a guy be able to do so much television. Try doing a book on somebody else. See how much television time they give you like none. But they said the other night, it's, and it was amazing, Winston Churchill. They said, he didn't lie to the people of — to Britain. He didn't lie. I said, well, let me ask you this. You know, he stood on buildings when the Nazis, Hitler, were bombing London. And he was pretty brave, because he may have been doing a little drinking, but — all right. He was known for that, right? He's got a right to, but it's true. He stood in the buildings in London as they were bombing London and made speeches and made statements and had everything. And he'd sometimes have press conferences, and the fake news wouldn't show up. He was standing there. Nobody was in front of him. But he would stand there, and he would say, you are safe. You are safe. Everything is okay. You are safe. Well, that's a lie, I guess, right? So I said, oh, I never thought of it that way. I guess he lied. No, he's a great leader, and he was leading. And he was a great, great prime minister. He did a fantastic job. Not lying. No. We love our country. We want to lead our country. And we can't let a thing like this — this is a horrible, horrible thing that happened to the world that happened. Should have been stopped in China. They stopped it from going into the rest of China. Should have been stopped in China. To defeat the China virus, we launched the largest industrial mobilization since World War II. Somebody said, what grade would you give yourself? I said, A-plus. But I would give myself a D. I would say I would give myself and my whole group 
because Mike Pence is great. Mike Pence really was — he worked so hard. And it's unfair. He worked so hard. The ventilators, the vaccines, the therapeutics now we have. Look at what's happening when somebody gets very sick. Look how we bring them back so often compared to what it was originally. I mean, the work that's been done. And wait till you see what happens over the next few weeks with what's going on. But the Democrats don't want the vaccine. They don't want to — you know, at first they wanted a vaccine because they didn't think it could happen. Now that we have it, they're going like, well, we don't want it. You know, it's the craziest thing. Think of it. You want to get a vaccine. And they're willing to hurt people, let people die for political reasons. Think of it. I think it's a — I think, honestly, I think it's a disgrace. But we surged rapid testing kits. We have more testing than any — all other — I mean, practically everybody. You look at number two is India. They have 1.5 billion people. We are up 50 million tests more than India. In fact, we're about to crack 100 million tests. And when you test, then you have — does this make sense? Then you have cases. So we do all this testing, and I come home and I turn on NBC News. It is so — it is so bad. I think NBC — that's not only MSDNC. I think NBC — with Lester Holt, there's another beauty. Hi, Lester. How do you feel being in second place, Lester? He surged from first place to second place. But NBC News is so — I mean, it's just terrible. You know, they use free airwaves, and then they give you fake news, right? Free airways. They should pay a lot of money for this. This is not right. NBC, it's uh, owned by a company called Concast, C-O-N. Concast. They're con. They're con men. It's a disgrace. You know, they spend fortunes on public relations, and then I get up and make a speech like this with television blazing all over the world, I guess. Yep, the world. It's all over the world. And I say Concast, and immediately there goes their public — how's your public relations doing, NBC? Not too good. But they're just uh, — they don't tell the truth. Our country would be so much better off if we had honest media, really. Be so better off. Really would. And you see what their approval rating has gone to? I think it's one of my greatest achievements. <laughs> hey, look. It's a Saturday night. We have all night. This happened last night in Minnesota. You know, I have these teleprompter people. They're great. They're genius. And I was about 45 minutes into the speech, and I realized I was only on line two. <laughs> and he was like, what do I do? But we have more fun. Hey, you now have a president that doesn't have to use a teleprompter. Isn't that nice? <laughs> and I said last night, I said, so — and yeah, you're friends with there, the congressman. By the way, is the media now — and I'm pretty sure it's getting close — I think they have a lower approval rating than Congress. Congratulations. <laughs>
No, but it's hard. You know, when you, you're sitting there, you're in businesses, you're in construction, you drive trucks, you do a lot of things, you're in offices. You don't realize, because, you know, you don't know what's happening. I know exactly a true story, and then it's written to totally bend the truth, to make a good thing into a bad thing. Like, can you believe it? In one week, they nominated me, not for one, but for two Nobel Prizes. No, but think of it. No, but think. And they didn't cover the story. Now, Obama got his the first week, you know, very liberal group. And nobody knew what the hell he got it for, and he didn't know. Why did you get it? I don't know. Remember? I don't know. I have no idea. Ah. But, you know, you have a president, you love your president, and your president gets honored because I'm not being honored, you're being honored, with the Nobel Peace Prize for Israel, what we did with Israel. I went home and I said to the First Lady, darling, she's very popular. She made a great speech, right? And Ivanka made a great speech, right? Right? But I went home and I said, darling, I have big news tonight. Let's turn on the television. You know, we don't use wind. We use actually, we actually use petroleum. We use petro. So, because, you know, we like it to be on like, a lot. We don't like to have lots of open gaps when the wind's not blowing. We can't watch President Trump. I go home, I say, First Lady, a great thing happened today. I was honored. Nobel Peace Prize nominated. This is a big thing, First Lady. And then I went home two days later, I said, First Lady, you're not going to believe it. I was honored again. Nobel Prize. That's Kosovo. Israel. I said, First Lady, this is great news. Let's turn on the television. This is going to be big. This is going to be big tonight. We just got honored. This is big. I said, Nobel Peace, can you imagine? You grow up in Brooklyn, Queens, and now you're getting to know. First Lady, let's turn on the television. Let's turn on to that fake NBC News. And I see we have a storm. Okay, First Lady, don't worry about it. The storm is big. We have it taken care of. FEMA's down there. Florida, Alabama, Georgia. We got FEMA down there. It's being taken care of. We always take care of them. We take good care of them. Texas, Louisiana, we took good care of them two weeks ago. All right, First Lady, don't worry about it. It's uh, next story, I'm sure. It's a Nobel Prize for peace. We're stopping mass killings between Kosovo and Serbia. They've been killing each other for so many. They're going to stop killing. I said, fellas, let's get together. You know, they've been doing it for hundreds of years, frankly, under different names. I said, that's great. And with Israel, UAE and Bahrain signed a deal with Israel. Everybody said, couldn't be done. I said, all right, First Lady, that's the first story on NBC. But don't worry, that's a big story. You know, the floods are big. Well, I got I see it. And then there was a second story about something. And then a third story about something with me. I don't know, something bad they found out. 
Then there was a fourth and a fifth and a sixth. I said, First Lady, I'm a little embarrassed. I thought we'd do a little better. And then they looked at the screen and said, Good night. And I wasn't covered. I got the Nobel Peace Prize nomination, a Peace Prize Nobel nomination, and they didn't cover it. And then the following day, I watched a certain show that does like us. And they said, would you believe, would you believe that they covered and they mentioned like five subjects that were nothing? That was 18 minutes and the Peace Prize Nobel version. Zero time for President Trump. Thank you very much, fake news media. We appreciate it. And when Obama got it, here are the headlines. President Obama gets the Nobel Prize. We need an honest media. The free airwaves, they lie over the free airwaves. They use them and they lie. I don't know. We're going to have to look at it. They're a bunch of scoundrels. They hate it when I say it, but you know, honestly, they are the enemy of the people. When they lie, they are the enemy of the people. You are the enemy of the people. Oh, damn it, the red lights just went off. One, two, three. There's one back there. There's one back there. Probably, oh, it's OAN. Thank you, OAN. Every time I get on this subject, you know, they cover me not because they want to, but we get great ratings. We get ratings, too. We get these little deals that we have here. Come on in, folks. Come on in. Look at these people. But you know what? I'll tell you what. It's true. They cover it because of ratings. But anytime I start talking about the fake news media, you see them getting a little tentative. The camera starts to shake a little bit. And you know, there's another thing. Like, look at these crowd. It's like, as far as the eye can see, it's a big crowd, right? They never cover it. I said to my wife tonight, last night, we had this incredible crowd, a lot of people, thousands and thousands. I mean, like 25, 30,000. Many people outside couldn't get in. It was like a sea of people. My wife said, was it a large crowd? I said, did you watch? Yes, but they only show your face. And I saw people they never show. And that includes Fox, which has changed a lot. Changed a lot. Sad. It's just, somebody said, what's the biggest difference between 2016 and now? You know what I said? Fox. Biggest difference. Biggest difference. I don't know what's going on with that. But we have some great ones, too, on Fox. We surged rapid testing kits to every nursing home in America. You know, we learned a lot through pioneering therapies. We reduced the fatality rate by 85% since April. Think of that, 85%. We've come up with things that wait till you see what's coming over the next few months in terms of therapeutics, which to me is even more important than the vaccine. You go into the hospital, you make people better, you give them a shot, you do a transfusion, you make people better, they walk out. That's, to me, even better. But uh, ultimately, long-term, those vaccines are going to be great, and they're really working out well, and it's going to be really soon. They're trying to — the uh, the people in certain groups are trying to hold them up as long as possible. As long as possible. They're going to try and get Sleepy Joe the credit. He doesn't even know what a vaccine is. 
Europe is almost 30 percent higher excess mortality than the United States. Does anyone know that? They don't report that, right? Europe. Europe's had a hard time. I'm not looking to hurt them, but they have 30 percent higher. Our bold and early action saved millions of lives, and our decisive economic response saved tens of millions of jobs, including 1.3 million jobs in a wonderful place called North Carolina. Right? When I banned travel from China in January, Sleepy Joe Biden called it us hysterical. That's xenophobic. What does that mean? Tell me what xenophobic means, Sleepy Joe. <laughs> Who said that? I mean, you're my friend. Who said that? Boy, what a voice. Have you ever tried opera? What a voice that everybody has. That's true. I wouldn't say it. He, she said, he has no idea where he is, but I would never say it. I won't say it. I refuse to say it. No, but don't underestimate him. Look, he's been doing this for 47 years. And I got a debate coming up with this guy. No, it's true. You never know. You never know. They give him a big, fat shot in the ass, and he comes out. And for two hours, he's better than ever before. You know? The problem is, what happens after that? Nah, we're going to ask for a drug test. We are. I'd like to have a drug test. Both of us. I'll take it. He'll take it. Because I watched him in the debates with, uh, you know, with all those people, those Democrats. The one who treated him worse was Kamala. She was the one, actually, also, she was the one that treated, you know that, she was the one that treated him so badly. And she treated Kavanaugh very badly, too. Nobody was ever ruder. Nobody ever suffered like Justice Kavanaugh suffered in the hands and the mouths of those horrible people the way he was tortured was disgrace, and they had nothing. Those women, that was all made up. Most of them have already admitted. It was all made up lies, false accusations, and they made him suffer. And the leader of the pack, I would say, was Kamala was the worst, and Pocahontas was a close second. How's Pocahontas doing since she destroyed Bloomberg? How about Bloomberg? Did he get killed? Now he's trying to come back. He's trying to buy his way back into the Democrat Party. I'm going to put up $100, $100 million in Florida. We're going to go. We're going to go. He wants to be back so badly. Did any man — here's a guy he spent, like, $2 billion. It's almost $2 billion now, they're finding out. He had some of the dumbest advisors, people I know, some of the dumbest people. You know, if he would have just kept spending a couple of hundred million dollars a week on ads, he could have won. He could have won. Unfortunately, he said, no, I want to debate. He went and sued to get into the debates. That was not a good lawsuit. They settled by saying, we'll let you in the debate. The first question, he was destroyed. You would think that the way the Democrats treated him, he would really come to me and say, I want you. But his hatred and jealousy, you know, he wanted to be president, but he doesn't have the capability of being president. But he's going down now to Florida. He's going to spend $100 million. How good — I have to say this. I'm never, not a fan of Elizabeth Warren. I gave her the name Pocahontas. I thought that was the end. Remember I used to say about her? She has — oh, you know it. You know. I would just look. I said, this is not an Indian. She said, I'm an Indian. 
You remember when I said, I have more Indian blood than me. I have more in me than she has, and I have none. Unfortunately, I'd like to have some. I would like to have some. I think it could help. It might make me better. But I have none, and I said, I have more than she does. And then she went out and she choked. Remember that? And she went out and she took a test. And it found out that about 700 years ago, there was a possible event. 1,024th, right? Wasn't that it? Good memory, very good memory. Trump has a good memory. Good memory. Not for that, but for a lot of Now, 1,024th, which meant, you know, many, many, many centuries ago, there could have been a hookup somewhere along the line. But she choked. We forced her into a choke. She went down like a rock, and then she started coming up, 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 up. Then she totally destroyed Mike Bloomberg. We call him Mini Mike, remember? Mini Mike, he wants that platform. I want a platform, damn it. I don't mind. Oh, boy, he was pathetic. But now he's going to try and buy his way back into the Democrat Party. Who was the other guy, the other rich guy? He, uh, he was. He just kept spending money. What was his name? You remember that guy? Great environmentalist. Except he made his money with coal, which is okay. I think coal is good. Clean coal. I like clean coal. If we had listened to Joe Biden, hundreds of thousands more Americans would have died. You know that. He was way behind. This was months later. And then I watched him last night reading something saying that I opened — I closed it up one week late, right? One week. Two months later, he was talking about the fact that I shouldn't be doing that to China. I shouldn't be banning China because I was xenophobic. And, and it's just unbelievable. And now, they will say anything. It's called disinformation. They will make up a lie, they will make up a story, and they go with it. It makes no difference whether or not it's true. And they'll take ads. It's the worst group of people. He's surrounded by bad people, dishonest people, but they're very smart. He's not smart. They keep him from talking. It's actually — you know, if he wins, it's the single most brilliant campaign in the history of the world. Because they took a man who's got nothing. He's got — he didn't have it, but he's got nothing. And it'll, I will give them credit — the single greatest campaign in history, if he wins. But you know what? If he wins, North Carolina is screwed. And so is every place else. And you can forget your tobacco industry. You can forget your farmers. I gave the farmers $28 billion. Thank you very much, President $28 billion. Because you were targeted, right? You were targeted by China. And I said, how much were the farmers? Iowa, Nebraska, you, all of them. You were targeted. I said, how much? Sonny Perdue. I said, how much, Secretary? $12 billion and $16 billion. You were targeted. I took it out of the tariffs. We charged — we never took 10 cents in from China. Now we're getting billions and billions and billions of dollars. And I took just a small part of it, $28 billion. That's a lot of money, but it was a small part of what we've gotten. They can't believe it. So who do you think China would like to see win? Sleepy Joe that never gave — never took anything. Or Trump, he's judging him so much. We're driving him a little crazy. They don't like Trump too much. But now Biden is recklessly campaigning against this vaccine. He's campaigning. It's really reckless. And all it is is for political reasons. It's political reasons. Biden, his whole deal is catastrophic shutdown. He wants — you know, we're getting better. We're really coming along. And he's talking about shutting down. 
you're not, we're not doing any shutdowns. We don't need shutdowns. Maybe a little area, if it starts to spike, we understand we have to take care of our senior citizens. This guy talked, he said, well, I'll do whatever my medical people want. I want, I believe in science. He doesn't know what science is. I believe in science. No, we're not doing any shutdowns. We don't need, we're rounding the turn. Without the vaccine, we're rounding the turn. With the vaccine, it'll just speed it up. That's another one will be controversial. They'll say, he's saying that it's happened. Yeah, without the, without the vaccine, it's going along. With the vaccine, even better. It'll be faster. Biden's own chief of staff said when they managed the H1N1 that he calls the N1H1, right? He goes, the N1H1, and that's an easy one because H comes before N. But he always gets it wrong. It's like seven times. It's great to be with the great people of Iowa. They'll say, sir, you're in Idaho. Oh. I've never made that mistake so far. But I always say, if you do, just leave the stage because you can never recover. You can speak as well as I mentioned Winston Churchill. You know, he's a great speaker. He was a stutterer, and he became one of the greatest speakers ever. You can be Winston Churchill if you make that mistake. Just leave the stage. You can't recover. But he's made it oftentimes right in New Hampshire, and it was Vermont. The worst, I think, was uh, — I think there was one — he was in Ohio, and he said he was in Florida, right? But he couldn't find any palm trees. We just got a poll from Ohio through the roof. Great state of Ohio. Good governor. Great state of Ohio. But when they managed the H1N1 swine flu, this was from his top person that ran it. Quote, we did every possible thing wrong. 60 million Americans got H1N1 in that period of time, and it was just a total disaster. He basically said, we didn't know what the hell we were doing. And this is the guy that's going to tell us what to do with something that's much more lethal much more lethal. This is much more lethal than the swine flu. If H1N1 had the same fatality rate as the China virus, over 2 million people would have already perished. They didn't know what the hell they were doing. And the guy admitted it. That guy cannot be very popular in Democrat politics right now, right? But just remember, and he's telling us how to do things. We're building ventilators. We're the ventilator capital of the world now. Think of it. We're sending them to other countries. We have so many. And we have made a lot of governors look very good. And they all admit it until the press comes in front where they say, oh, it's okay. But we took care of them. We took care of governors. We took care of the states. On November 3rd, North Carolina will decide whether we will quickly return to record prosperity or whether we allow Joe Biden to impose a $4 trillion tax hike. Ban American energy. Confiscate your guns. These are all things he said. Shut down our economy. Destroy the suburbs. You know, they were saying that women in the suburbs, they're not sure if they like me. They're starting to like me a lot lately because it's law and order. They want law and order. Thank you. A suburbanite. Thank you. Thank you. No, it's true. 
I don't know. But I heard the same thing four years ago. Remember? Women will not vote for him. Then we win the election. It's like they're all in shock. Well, what took place? Well, he did very well with women. What the hell was that all about, right? Did very well. Women were great. Hey, we were way above everything. African-American, we did great. Hispanic, we did great. Have you seen African-American and Hispanic-American numbers? If it holds true, we will have set a record for a Republican, which is very good. No, but also, well, a lot of jobs. A lot of jobs, a lot of great thinking. But he wants to give free health care to illegal aliens. Now, what that's going to do is destroy our country, because two things happen. Number one, we can't afford it. Number two, everybody is going to come pouring into our country if you do that. You know, right now, they're saying, wherever they are, when you say, we're going to give you free education, we're going to give you free health care, we're going to take care of you, Everything's going to be perfect. We're going to give you every single family. Now watch, they'll print this. We've checked it out, and he lied about this. Every single family is going to be given a brand new silver cloud Rolls Royce. <laughs> now, I said that, and CNN went. He lied about the fact that they're not getting a Rolls Royce. <laughs> Remember when I said, Russia, if you're listening in front of this massive, Russia, if you're listening, find out where her emails are, whatever. And then everybody laughed. I laughed. We all, they actually play it all the time. When he spoke to Russia, you ever see it? And they cut it off before the end. They don't see any. I said, Russia, if you're listening. Oh, these people are sick. He wants to erase your borders. Yeah, that was supposed to be a joke, right? It was a joke. It was a joke. Everybody was laughing, but they refused to go to the next quarter of a second. He wants to indoctrinate your children with poisonous anti-American lies in education. To combat the toxic left-wing propaganda in our schools, I am launching a new pro-American lesson plan for students called 1776 Commission. It's already done. It's true, your kids come home and they tell you things. How many of you, the kids come home, they tell you things? It's a disgrace. What they're teaching them is a disgrace. We're ending it. In fact, we're taking, we're taking school funds away from these, these crazy schools that are teaching horrible things, bad things, actually. We will teach our children the truth about America, that we are the most exceptional nation on the face of the Earth, and we are getting better every single day. And no party can lead America that will not teach our children to love America. No party can do that. The Sleepy Campaign has joined forces with those trying to tear down America and our way of life. We have a great way of life and getting better all the time. Look at what we've done. Biden's running mate urged supporters to help bail rioters out of jail, including one who attempted murder. That's right. One who attempted to murder a police officer and a man accused of sexually assaulting an eight-year-old girl. Thirteen members of Biden's staff 
donated to the same fund. Look, that's where they're coming from. Just, you know, he's trying to go a little bit more right, like the fracking. Oh, well, of course, we're going to have for six months. He's saying there'll be no fracking, which I don't think the people in Pennsylvania are thrilled with. Do you agree? Considering that your taxes could quadruple. I, I tell it all the time, Texas, right? Texas, they like oil. They like guns, right, in Texas, right? And they like God. So he comes out with a platform. No oil. We don't want oil. This is during the Democrat deal. There'll be no oil. There'll be no God. There'll be no guns. This is not a good campaign. And then the fake news says, Donald Trump is tied in Texas. I'm tied. Last time I was tied in Texas until the day of the vote. Then they announced the second they called. The polls in Texas have closed. Donald Trump has won the state of Texas. Think of it. Thank you. He's against oil. He's against guns. They're going to confiscate your guns. Second Amendment's going to be destroyed. I am holding up your Second Amendment. If it's not me, look what I've done. You think it's been easy? They want to get rid of the Second Amendment. They're going to get rid of the guns, right? And religion. So look what they're doing to religion. These states, everything's closed, except you're allowed to protest. That's why I say everything we do is a protest. Look at all those people back there. Look at that. Look at they just formed. Wow. Turn the cameras around, please. They never do it. Turn the cameras around, please. Wow. Thank you. That's a lot of people. We're proud of you. That's a lot of people. You ever notice they never do it, though? They, I say, turn the camera. You know, for right from the beginning, they never did. They don't want to give us credit for these big crowds. Because, you know what? When you see crowds like this, or in Wisconsin that I had a few nights ago, or last night was so incredible, what we had last night was just incredible Minnesota. We're going to win it. 1972, we're going to win it. 1972, it has it. That's a long time ago. Remember, I think Reagan won every state except for Minnesota. We're going to win Minnesota. What we've done for them, we've opened up their livelihood again. Maine. How about Maine? I opened up 5,000 square miles of ocean. Obama closed it. They said, why? He had no idea. Right off their shore. No fishing, no nothing. They called it a monument, right? Right off their shore. Maine. I mean, if I don't win Maine, I, you know, Maine traditionally is not really very pop Republican, but I won Maine, too, last time, actually. Those, I love Maine, too. I love Maine, too. But think of what I did. I opened the waters up for fishermen and for lobster men and women. Now they go lobster fishing and fishing. But 5,000, I said, why did they close it? Nobody was able to tell me. But I opened it up, executive order. I totally opened it up. I did many other things. Then I got the tariffs. They couldn't do business in European Union. They couldn't do business in China because they were charging tariffs to Maine. So Canada would take our fish and lobster. We'd sell it to Canada for nothing. And they'd sell it to China and Europe because they didn't have to pay tariffs. So not only did I get the 5,000 — think of what? 5,000 square miles. So you take one mile, square mile, multiply it times 5,000. That's a big area even in an ocean, right? It's massive. And it was the best area, the best. I got rid of the tariffs. I told them, if you tariff our main lobster people and fishermen and women, if you want to tariff them, that's okay. But we're going to tariff your cars. 
okay, which is a much bigger deal. It was amazing how quickly those tariffs were taken off. I did that all for Maine. I did that like in two weeks, okay? Took me two weeks. Once I found out about it, it's hard to believe it ever happened. So I did that for Maine. And somebody said, I'm down in Maine. How the hell can I be down in Maine after what I did? I'll tell you what, if I do that for Maine, and if Maine doesn't vote for Trump, I don't think I'm going back, okay? I can tell you one thing, their senator never did it for them. Joe Biden and the Democrats want to gut police departments nationwide. You know that, right? Here in North Carolina, nearly 50 Democrat State House members and candidates have signed a pledge to slash police funding, endangering your families. I was recently honored to be endorsed by 54 sheriffs throughout this state. And we're joined by many of them tonight. Where are they? Thank you, Sheriff. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, folks. Thank you. Thank you. We've got to take care of our law enforcement. We got to take care. Nobody can do the job like them. We have to let them do their job. We got to stop this nonsense, this, this child's play. We got to stop. They're great. You know, I was endorsed by, think of this, New York's finest. It's very tough. You know, de Blasio is your mayor. He doesn't have a clue what's happening either. I think Sleepy Joe's worse. You want to know the truth. But, you know, because this other guy has just an ideology that's just terrible. But de Blasio is there. New York's finest. First time they've ever endorsed a presidential candidate. They endorsed me three weeks ago. That takes courage, you know? Think of it. Chicago, the police in Chicago, they could do that job. We don't even have to bring in the National Guard. Whenever we do, it takes about 30 minutes. It's over, right? Like we did in Minneapolis. 30 minutes. Remember that beautiful scene? They lined up, they went down. There was no social distancing in between these great, tough guys. There was no social distancing, Tom Tillis. They went down and they had, but they had like $250,000 outfits. They had more crap on their helmet with night goggles. And, and these guys were sort of, you know, wise guys, right? Shouting at them, screaming at them. They were screaming at the wrong people. They went down. They never had a stop. It was just forward. It all ended. It all ended in Minneapolis. It took, you all saw it, what, a half an hour? Remember, they hit the uh, CNN reporter in the knee. He went down, Ali Velci. He said, this is a friendly protest. It's wonderful to see such a — behind him, it was all fire for blood. It looked like Berlin during the war. This is a friendly — what are they doing? How does that help to be like that? How does that help? We're joined tonight by some really great friends of mine and some warriors that have been a fantastic help to me. One man who, especially over the last year, he has been so great, couldn't be better. Uh, and I think he's doing very well. I'm looking at some numbers, and you're doing very well. And I think your opponent has some very big problems. Senator Tom Tellers. Thank you, Tom. Thank you. He's been great. Smart guy. And he's got a couple of bills that he's putting in. One in particular, I love it. You got to do it. 
that if a sanctuary city causes problems, you can sue the sanctuary city. You can sue. Will you get — we got to get that one moving, right? That's moving along, right? That's a great one. A man who I just did a phone call for the other night, and uh, the people love him. He's in a rough district, but he's now leading. I see you're up in the polls. Congressman Richard Hudson. Great guy. Where's Richard? Great guy. He's a warrior. And two people I really like, because we fought like hell for them, like a year ago, right? And they had guts, and they had uh, what it takes. They didn't choke. You know, a lot of people choke. They choke. They gag. They can't breathe. Oh. Greg Murphy and Dan Bishop, they didn't choke. They're fantastic. They are fantastic people. Thank you. Look, they're friends. We're friends. Those two guys were incredible. Thank you very much. Great job. Really great job. And a man that should be your governor, I don't know, he's doing well, but <laughs> Lieutenant Governor Dan Forrest, everybody. Thank you very much. Great job. Handsome guy. Handsome. Looks like Cary Grant. I hear you're doing really well. Look, I mean, this guy's got the state totally closed down. It's ridiculous. It's — when are they going to open? When are they going to open? Dan, I guarantee if Dan, this would have been opened up a long time ago. And you would have done even better. I mean, you would have done better. And North Carolina Republican Party Chair Michael Watley. Michael. Great job, Michael. How are we doing, Michael? How's it going? Are we up? I mean, if I lose North Carolina, I'm getting out of here. This is not — look. Look at that. This is not, just so you know, the crowd of a man that's coming in second. I say it all the time. I said it when I left Michigan. 2016, the night of the election, we had 32,000 people. Hillary was there just before me in a prime location. She had about 400 people. And we had 30. I got there at 12 in the evening. I started speaking at 1 in the morning. It's now Election Day. And I left. 32,000 people we had. 32,000 people. So it's now Election Day. I start speaking. I started speaking. Think of it. 1 o'clock in the morning, we had 30. You never saw anything like it. I left. I said, that doesn't look like we're going to lose Michigan. And guess what? We didn't. We won Michigan. First time in decades. And you know what we've done? Many, many car plants are now opening up. A great gentleman who's just retiring, Prime Minister Abe of Japan, I said, uh, Shinzo, please do me a favor. We need more car companies. You're selling cars into our country. Please, we want to build here, not in Japan. Please. He said, but uh, we cannot do that. This is a free enterprise system. I said, I know, Shinzo, please. I need some car companies. Please do it. I can't do it. I said, Shinzo, you have to do it. Next day, it was a story. Five car companies to open up in Michigan, right? So much for free enterprise, but he's a great guy. He's a friend of mine. He's great. He's great. They're lucky he's a friend of mine. I would have been much tougher. It's hard. You know, when a guy's a friend, it's hard. But they did a lot. They did a lot. They help it a lot. And what they've done here, by the way, Japan, and what they've done in Michigan, Ohio, 
what they've done. And, by the way, we all love South Carolina, right? Right? I think you love it. Now, South Carolina, we're winning here. But South Carolina, I hate to say this to you. I don't want to make you upset. We're winning by about 400 points, you know? I spoke to a great person in South Carolina. I said, sir, you don't have to come here. This thing's up by a lot. What the hell is the difference, right? What's — I mean, we are up, and we're up good. But uh, I'd love you to tie South Carolina. What do we have to do? What do we have to do? But a lot of activity in South Carolina also. They're doing great. You had the best year you've ever had. They've had the best year they ever had. And you're going to go to a better year. We are going to have a better year. We're also deeply honored to be joined by a military spouse, Amy Williams, who was reunited with her husband. Sergeant First Class Townsend Williams at my State of the Union address. Everybody remembers that. Everybody remembers. Look at that. Hi, Amy. Hi, Amy. What a great person. We had a great State of the Union, right? He was there. Good. You're looking well. Thank you very much. Say hello to the whole family. Thank you. Thanks to the incredible sacrifices of our warriors, and they are warriors, we're pursuing peace in Afghanistan. It's very close. We're down to — we will soon be down to 4,000 soldiers. We're taking them out. They're serving as policemen. They're serving as policemen. They've done a great job. We could win. We could win everything. But I, I'm not looking to kill 3 million people. To win what? To win what? Should have never been in the Middle East. We're bringing them back. We're bringing them back, just so you know. We're bringing them back from Iraq. We're down to 2,000 soldiers in Iraq. And in Syria, we're all back. We're all finished, except for one thing. If it's okay with you, I decided to keep the oil. We took the oil. We kept it. And we'll always support America's incredible military families. So thank you very much. Thank you, darling. Really good. Thank you. In everything we do, we're putting America first, unlike other administrations, and not just Obama and Biden. Uh, this has gone on for many years. We put America first, and that's what we're doing. And you know what? Other countries, for the first time in decades, respect us again. Remember that. They respect us again. You know all about NATO, 28 countries. We had six countries that were current. And the, the amount of current is too low, okay? Six countries. I went in, I said, you got to pay. Sorry. You're delinquent. They said, really? Yeah. I said, you're delinquent. You got to pay. Obama would go and make a speech and leave. That would be it. We were paying for it. We're protecting Europe, and they're screwing us on trade. So we protect them, and they screw us on trade. No good. No good. Can't do it. I said, it's unfair. And the Secretary General Stoltenberg of NATO said, I've never seen — and, you, you know, the fake news can call him up and check. He said he's the greatest that we've ever seen. For 20 years, we, it, the spending at NATO went like this, right? And the America, we pick it up. You know, every time it goes down, they didn't pay. I said, you know, we're supposed to protect you. You're going to be attacked by Russia or somebody. We're supposed to protect you. And yet, you're delinquent. You don't pay your bills. And that includes Germany. They're paying 1 percent. They're supposed to pay 2. And 2 percent is way too low. 2 percent military spending. So we got — listen to this. It never gets reported by these fakers. We got $130 million 
more, more, not total, more, going to over three years, $400 billion. So we're going from 130 billion with a B, not million, to $400 billion. And they said to me, they said to me, a very nice guy, head of one of the countries at a table. I can't believe it never got released, but now we can talk about it because it's uh, three years ago. But they said, sir, and this was a big private meeting of all of the nations. Does that mean if we don't pay? Because I said, you got to pay your bills. We're, we're protecting you. You're not paying your bills. Some did, like Poland and some others, but most didn't. We had six to eight were current. And we were paying much more than we should have been paying. Much more. I mean, it's Europe. We've got to defend ourselves. And there was no guarantee that they'd help us if we ever had a problem, right? We're never going to have a problem. We got so much stuff now, we're never going to have. We were depleted. Now we have great. But they said to me, they said to me, does this mean, and I had to give them this answer, I can't believe it didn't get leaked by some sleazebag. We have leakers all over this place. But a lot of it isn't leaks, you know. A lot of it's just made up by the newspapers. They make up phony stories. They say, Donald Trump woke up today. He was in a very bad mood, according to sources. There is no source. They just made it up. Hey, I woke up, and I was in a bad mood. It's true. I've actually had a — I've been in a good mood because we're doing so much for our country. For so We've done so much for our country. But at the NATO meeting, one of the presidents of one of the good countries, good, all good. They said, sir, does this mean that if we don't pay, does this mean that you're going to leave and you're not going to protect us? I said, yes, that's what it means. I'm sorry. It was an amazing effect because other presidents said, no, we will always protect you. We will always protect you. Even if you don't pay, even if our taxpayers are paying for everything, even though you take advantage of us on trade, you don't let our cars in. You don't let our stuff in, but you sell us like crazy. Even though you tariff our products, even though you do everything, and then you take advantage of us with the military, they said, we will always protect you. So they didn't pay. Why the hell would they pay? They said, boy, these guys are stupid. So they asked me the question, does this mean, sir, that you will not protect us anymore if we don't pay? I said, I'm sorry to say, it does. That's a big story. You know, three years ago, it's a big story. It was amazing how the money came in. So we took in $130 billion a year, going over a three-year period to 400 just because I asked. Right? Just because I asked. They don't, they don't report that story. That we got lightweights that I fired, and they write books about me that I'm a bad guy. Oh, he's a terrible guy. He treats our allies so badly. No, our allies treat us badly. Our allies, in many ways, treat us worse than our enemies. I must be honest with you. They take advantage of us. Everyone takes advantage of your country. And we don't, we don't put up with it. And you know what? The funny thing, we get along better now because they respect us again. Before, they thought we were stupid. They respect us again. True. I mean, look at Israel. Look what we did. I saw Kerry the other day. Is this guy the worst negotiator? Gave Iran $150 billion plus $1.8 billion in cash. He never walked. You know, sometimes in a negotiation, when you've given everything and you can't give any more, and then they want more, you get up and walk. 
Remember the bike bicycle accident? That was the only time he had to ride his bicycle in a race. 73 years old. I promised. I said, I will never, ever, I promise to you, ride a bicycle in a race, or any other time, frankly. I will never ride a bicycle during a negotiation. And he broke his leg and his arm, and he was all screwed up. And that was actually a good thing, because it delayed the signing of that horrible deal, which I terminated. No, we had some terrible negotiators. And they all said, I saw him the other day. This was him like a year ago. Mark my words, you will never, ever sign deals with Arab countries, with Israel. It can't be done. Well, we just signed the two great ones. We got about seven more that want to come in. What a bunch. What a bunch. And then they say bad things about your president. They don't like my foreign policy. I like my foreign policy. You like it. No, we were taken advantage of by the whole world. It's so stupid. So stupid. We've spent the last four years reversing the damage that Biden and his crew inflicted on us over a 47-year period. Joe Biden is weak. He's supported, and he supported every globalist sellout of North Carolina, the workers, what he's done. And when I say him, it's him and people in his little group that you've achieved so much over a period of time. He sold it out. Look at NAFTA. How bad was NAFTA? China's entry into the World Trade Organization. TPP would have destroyed our car industry. And, of course, he joined and wanted to join the Paris Climate Accord. That's another beauty. That would have cost you trillions and trillions of dollars. That was actually, I think, designed to put us out of business, you know, literally. Biden's repeatedly surrendered your jobs to China and other countries. This state lost 43 percent of all manufacturing jobs after the NAFTA and China disasters. You know that. You lost 43 percent, but I think the real number is 61 percent, by the way. Biden says that this is an election between Scranton and Park Avenue. By the way, he left Scranton. You know, he likes to say, I was born in Pennsylvania. But he doesn't say he left. His father left. Not his fault. But they make it like he's there. No, he went to Delaware. He doesn't leave Delaware. That I can tell you. Every time I see this guy, Wilmington, Delaware, I say, does he ever leave? I'm in Los Angeles. I'm trying to work on the fires. They ought to do some forest management a little bit, maybe. Ridiculous. The floors of the forest, it's got 20 years of leaves and trees that are dry as a bone, matchsticks. Forest management. Actually, this is an election not between Scranton and wherever it is. It's really between Scranton and China. You know that. Scranton and China. I'm with America. Biden is with China. If Biden wins, China wins. If we win, America wins. North Carolina wins, Pennsylvania wins. And the American workers win in every single state. To save our auto industry, I, re I withdrew from this horrible, horrible deal, Trans-Pacific Partnership. Earlier this year, I kept my promise to North Carolina when I ended the NAFTA nightmare. You got hit so hard. All those empty buildings all over the place, but a lot of them now filled up because of us. They filled up. When did they fill up? Over the last three and a half years. I proudly signed the brand-new U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement into law, which will bring hundreds of thousands of high-paying jobs back to the United States, and it's already doing. 
We invested $2.5 trillion in the U.S. military. Defense spending in North Carolina has soared by more than $1 billion a year. Congratulations. Good job. We launched the first new branch of the U.S. Armed Forces. This by itself would be a big achievement. This is one of so many different things. Right to try. The military, the vets, everything. We've done so much. But we — 75 years, right? Last one was the Air Force, the Army, the Navy, the Air Force, the Marines, the Coast Guard. They're so good. We have another one now after 75 years. Space Force. We need it. I never even promised that, right? One of them said recently that he's actually done more than he promised in the campaign. That means I'm probably the only politician in history. They will tell you these incredible women up here from North Carolina. They are. Stand up, will you please? These are like the most incredible people. Thank you. Stand up. Turn around for the camera so they can see how incredible you are. Thank you. Man, oh, man. What a life. But we took care of the VA with Veterans Choice. You saw that. What Obama passed was nothing. It was nothing. It wasn't working. The Mission Act. That's amazing. And accountability, where we can fire people in the VA that aren't taking great care of our vets, okay? You're fired. Get out. You're fired. Out. We killed the founder and leader of ISIS, al-Baghdadi. We took out the world's number one terrorist and the mass murderer of American troops and many others, Qasim Soleimani. He's dead, dead. I withdrew from last administration's disastrous Iran nuclear deal. I kept my promise, recognized the true capital of Israel, and opened the American embassy in Jerusalem. And we got it built. I was signing a sheet of paper. You've heard this story. $1.1 billion. I said, what's this for? They said, sir, we're going to — with now that you've moved, we're going to build an embassy in Israel, in Jerusalem. I say, how much is it? $1.1 billion. I, I, he got some friends of mine here. They're builders. You don't spend $1.1 billion on a one-story building. I don't know what's going on. So I said, so does it have to cost so much? Yes, sir. We're buying land. So I called David Friedman. He's our ambassador. He's one of the most successful lawyers in New York. He's a brilliant guy. He loves Israel, right? Loves Israel. I call him. He's ambassador. He's there. I said, David, they want to spend $1.1 on a damn one-story embassy. It's crazy. I said, would you take a look? Maybe we own some land, you know? We own a lot of land. We've been there a long time. Calls me back. He said, let me take a look at it, sir. He calls me back the next day. Sir, we have a great piece of land. A much better location that we were going to way overpay for. A much bigger piece. We have a setback building that we can renovate and make it great. I said, that's fantastic, David. How much will it cost to renovate the building? I think we can do it for $190,000. Phil. So I said, David, it's the first time I've ever done it. I said, David, it's too cheap. <laughs> You got to spend more than that. So a friend of mine, Ron Barron, he's got an office building, and he's got Jerusalem stone on the facing the elevators in this high-rise building. Jerusalem stone, and every time I go and he goes, oh, you got to see Jerusalem stone.
This is Jer and he paid a fortune for it. He's so proud of it. Every he doesn't talk about anything but his Jerusalem stuff. I said, David, do me a favor. You're in Jerusalem, right? Yes. Do they have Jerusalem stone? They got so much, we don't know what to do with it. I said, use all Jerusalem stone when you're rebuilding the building, when you do your renovation. Everything wrapped in Jerusalem stone. So I think we ended up spending to fix up the building like $500,000. Can you believe it? We're going to spend $1.1 And by the way, it would never get built. It would never get built. It wouldn't be built in 20 years from now. And they like it so much, they gave up the plan. They think this is better. It's a better location. It's probably a better building. The Biden agenda. But these, I could tell you stories like that all night long. The aircraft carriers that cost 10 times more than they should cost. And then they use, you know, the electric catapults. You've heard that, right? They don't want to use steam. Why? Because it's too simple. Because it works. Because it's better. So they go to electric catapults that they're working on for years now. Elevators that are operated by magnets instead of hydraulic magnets. It sounds good. Trust me, it doesn't work. One little glass of water. We're in the ocean. One little glass of water. Boom. Those magnets are gone. I could have told them that. I actually asked the architect, have you ever built a ship before? It's unbelievable. You heard the story last night about Air Force One. It saved a lot of money. I said to Boeing, no, it's got to have a three in front of it. They were going to buy Air Force One. 5.7 billion. 5.7 billion. It's a lot of money. But it's, uh, it's, look, it's a hell of a deal. It's a hell of a plane. What can I tell you? I said, how much is the new plane? It was signed by Obama. 5.7 billion, sir. I said, that's a lot of money. It's actually two planes. You know, Air Force One is two planes. I'll give you a little. They're going to say, that's classified information. Well, they've been flying around with two planes for 30 years. So I, I assume somebody does. And our Air Force One is 31 years old, right? So, you know, look, it's time. A lot of the Arab she sheiks come in. I see their plane. They have a brand new one. I say, what do we have, 31 years? And we're protecting them. Why the hell don't we have a new one? So I said, so they finally had it, 31 years old. The new one's totally different, 747. It's much longer, bigger wingspan, much more beautiful. You know, it's modern, it's beautiful. 5.7, so I said to the head of Boeing, nice guy, Dennis. This was before they had their difficulty, which is terrible what happened to him. But I said to him, Dennis, I'm not going to spend $5.7 billion on a plane. I'm not going to do it. I won't do it. It's too much. I said last night, I told this the first time, I said, it's got to have a three on it. He said, we can't do it. No. He called me up the following day. We'll take $200 million off. I said, somebody said, well, what are you losing? I said, nothing. In fact, we're gaining a generator. I said, you got to build an extra generator. He said, we'll take $200 million off. He said, nope. I said to the general in charge, I said, General, can we break the deal? Yes, sir, we can. We have a cancellation clause. Good, General. Execute your cancellation clause. We're not going to buy it. I'm not going to pay $5.7 billion for Air Force One. I'm not doing it. He said, yes, sir, I'm very proud of this clause. Why? Why? Because we have the right to cancel. Well, do we have to pay anything? Yes, sir, $250 million. I said, General, don't cancel it. Don't cancel it. Take it back. I don't want Just tell them we don't like the plane. Okay? And I couldn't even say I'm going to buy it from Europe. You know, my only, the only competitor is Europe. I can't say we'll buy it from Europe. No, that doesn't work out too well. So I said, don't do it. I don't want to send them a check. $250 million for nothing, right? We don't want to do it. So I said, just tell them we don't like it. The price is too high. We're not going to buy it. But don't send anything. Don't put it in writing. Don't. Please, General. Yes, sir. Thank you. 
So about a week later, the head of Boeing called me up. He said, look, we can get it down, but you're asking for too much. I said, you don't understand. It has to have a three on it. Not a four, but a three. So another month goes by. I forgot about it. I get a call from Boeing. Would 3.9 billion be okay? I said, yes, that's okay. It's got a three on it. True, true story. True story, and then somebody said it's true. Then somebody said, well, it must be a different plane. Yeah, I said, yeah, we have a much nicer paint job. We have a much nicer paint job, you know that. And uh, it actually got an extra generator put on, okay? So it's actually more. They said, well, we could use an extra generator. I said, is there anything else you need? I said, sir, we could use an extra generator. I said, we'll get it for you, we'll get it. So I had it included in the price, you know? These people know exactly what I'm talking about. It's called included in the price. But think of it, there's hundreds of deals like that. But you're one person. And that's why I got Mark Meadows involved. Because he's from North Carolina. He's from North Carolina, and he's cheap as hell. I need some cheap people. Oh, there's so many, hundreds and hundreds of stories. I could tell you so much, it's crazy. The Biden agenda would collapse our economy and destroy your country. It would destroy your Social Security and protections for pre-existing conditions. They will. He's going to drain your Medicare by giving away your health care to illegal immigrants. And I will tell you this, you're going to have socialized medicine. That's as sure as you're there. And Obama lied 28 times when he said you can keep your doctor, you can keep your plan. It was a lie. said it 28 times that we have. But it was a lie. But now you're really losing your doctor. You're going to have socialized medicine. Eliminate private health care insurance for 180 million Americans who love their health care. They have the best in the world. His running mate sponsored the socialist takeover of health care. You saw that. He wants to ban private insurance. You're going to lose 180 million people going to lose their health care under this Biden character. And he has no clue. They're going to take it away from him. They're going to be running him ragged. Sign this. Sign this. Okay, what is it? Doesn't matter. Just sign it, President, right now. I'm getting tired. I'd like to rest. I'd like to let Kamala take over as president. That's no way to that's no way to get into the office because we're gonna have a woman president someday. But you know what? It can't be Kamala. Kamala. Nobody treated him worse than he picked her. I I'll tell you, I was brilliant forecast. He could never pick her. She called him a racist, right? She talked about Me Tooing him. He was going to be Me Tooed, right? Me Tooed. A lot of bad things. There was nobody, even, even, think of it, even Pocahontas treated him better. She knocked the hell out of Bloomberg, but she left him sort of alone. I think she felt sorry for him. I heard she felt sorry for him. I don't want people to feel sorry for our president. I want other people, really, to feel sorry for themselves because we have somebody that knows what they're doing. We can't have this. You know, we can joke, we can play games, we can have fun. You can't have this guy as your president. You can't have... Maybe I'll sign an executive order. You cannot have him as your president. No, but you know this. Everybody knows this. And you know what? People are going to vote for him because they feel sorry for him. I feel sorry for him, too. I feel sorry for him. And maybe he'll show up for an hour and a half at a debate. Who the hell knows? I don't know. But you know, you see the condition he's in. You can't have him as your president. And you know what? You can't have her as your vice president. 
potentially going to be president. And that's why they're pushing so hard, because they know he's going to be out very soon, and she's going to take over. And she is the, the furthest left person of anybody. She is rated, rated, not by me. She is rated further left than even Bernie Sanders, okay? He's second. She's first. And just in concluding, over the next four years, we will make America into the manufacturing superpower of the world. And we will end our reliance on China and other countries once and for all. We will make our medical supplies right here in the United States and right here in the great state of North Carolina. By the way, get out and vote, please, okay? We will hire more police. Thank you, sheriffs. Thank you, sheriffs. I love the sheriffs. You know, we got the endorsement from all the sheriffs in Florida, everybody up in Ohio and Texas and every — we have the, the stuff nobody's ever seen anything like it, the endorsements from law enforcement. We're going to increase penalties for assaults and law enforcement. We will ban deadly sanctuary cities. We will defeat we will defeat everybody that we have to, including the virus, but we will defend the dignity of work, and we will defend the, sanct the sanctity of life. We will uphold religious liberty, free speech, and the right to keep and bear arms. We will strike down terrorists who threaten our citizens, and we will keep — you know this, right? It's okay, right? We will keep America out of these ridiculous foreign wars. We will maintain America's unrivaled military might, and we will ensure peace through strength. It's about time. We will end surprise medical bills, require price transparency, and further reduce health insurance premiums and the cost of prescription drugs, which we're doing an unbelievable job on, other than the fact that the drug companies are spending a fortune because they don't like me much. You will see drug prices, prescription drugs, dropping 50, 60, 70 percent in a very short period of time. Favored nations clauses. We will strongly protect Medicare and Social Security, and we will always protect patients with pre-existing conditions. America will land the first woman on the moon, and the United States will be the first nation to land an astronaut on Mars. On Mars, we have you have to see what we've done with NASA. We'll be the first one on Mars, I hope. We will stop the radical indoctrination of our students and restore patriot education to our schools. Patriotic education. We will teach our children to love our country, honor our history, and always respect our great American flag. And we will live by the timeless words of our national motto. And we will never change it, by the way. We will never change it. You know, they took the word God out of the Pledge of Allegiance twice. I said, did they make a mistake? Did they make a mistake? They didn't for them. They made a mistake for us. We're not going to put up with it. But we will keep. In God, we trust. For years, you had a president who apologized for America. Now you have a president who is standing up for America and standing up for the great people of North Carolina.
This is the most important election we've ever had. Remember it. We're going to be a socialist country. We're going to be a communist country. These people are further — they're much further left than socialism. These people are sick. So get your friends, get your family, get your neighbors, get your coworkers, and get out and vote. Get out and vote. And watch to make sure they're not cheating, which they will be. Early voting has already begun. Don't wait. Get out and vote. We got to win this. If we win this state, we're going to win the whole thing. This is a very important state. If we win North Carolina, we're going to win the whole thing. Because we're doing well everywhere. From Wilmington to Charlotte, from Concord to Raleigh, and from Greensboro to right here in Fayetteville. We inherit the legacy of generations of North Carolina patriots who gave their blood, sweat, and tears for this beloved nation. We stand on the shoulders of American heroes who crossed the oceans, blazed the trail, settled the continent, tamed the wilderness, dug out the Panama Canal, laid down the railroads, raised up the skyscrapers, won two world wars, defeated fascism and communism, and made America the single greatest nation in the history of the world. And you haven't seen anything yet. Haven't seen anything. Proud citizens like you help build this country. And together, we are taking back our country. We are returning power to you, the American people, with your help, with your devotion and your drive. We are going to keep on working. We are going to keep on fighting. And we are going to keep on winning, winning, winning. You hear that, Sharon? We are one movement, one people, one family, and one glorious nation under God. And together with the incredible people of North Carolina, we will make America wealthy again. We will make America strong again. We will make America proud again. We will make America safe again. And we will make America great again. Thank you very much. Get out and vote. Vote, vote.